Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, played it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. We're going to be talking some NFL football. A huge slate of games in the NFL. For the first time, I think, all year, massive implications for some football games. We'll talk about that. Is Daniel Jones actually having on pace to have an historic season? I know there's a lot of, there's been bad, but is he on pace? Also, LJA, what he's been doing. It's not surprising to me. I know it's surprising to some, many in the, in the NFL, but to me, it's not surprising. And we're talking college football. I can't wait. I'm fired up. The big game this weekend, the only big, big game this weekend, Ohio State, my Ohio State Buckeyes. We are. No, Penn Ohio State. State. We, we are, are Ohio State. State. You're not picking the Ohio State. You're not picking Penn State. Well, let's, just, let's just face the fact. We'll talk about that. Also, should, chaos. should Nick Saban have taken out Tua Tagovailoa last week? That's the major question we didn't get a chance to talk about. And then also, we're talking some NBA. Luca or Giannis? And are the Boston Celtics a legitimate title contender? We'll talk about that all. But we're going to start off with last night's Thursday night game. And my biggest takeaway, yes, the Texans won. Yes, they have control of now the AFC South. But my biggest takeaway is Bill O'Brien's job's on the line this year. Because once again, you have control of this division. It all seems... Like, they are going to win this division. There's going to be one team that comes out of this division. It's either going to be the Texans or the Colts. Right now, you look at the schedule. they got to play the Pats, then the Broncos, Titans, Bucks, and then Titans again. Colts play the Titans, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, and Jags. A much tougher competition going forward for the Colts. My biggest takeaway, yes, Deshaun Watson is amazing. I've been saying that since his rookie year. I'm not surprised by this. This is what he did in college, and I'll talk about that with Lamar Jackson as well. Bill O'Brien's job's on the line this year because this is a guy that has, yes, I know there's a lot of, eh, they're, they're kind of middle of the pack in other certain positions. Well, Bill O'Brien, I really think, has the hot seat because, yes, he'll get to the playoffs. Yes, he's a little over 500 right now. He's 48 and 42, but he's 1 and 3 in the playoffs, and that one win is against a team called the Oakland Raiders led by... Do you remember the quarterback, Ted? Brian Hoyer. No, it was Connor Cook. Oh, Michigan State. It was Ka- it was kind of it was oh, Connor yeah. Cook. So he's Hoyer had threw four picks against what was it, Kansas City, I believe, and they were down twenty eight yeah. to nothing. So yeah, he's no. had one one playoff win. Okay, but it's against Connor Cook. My point is, is that good coaches, much, good coaches how, get the best out of the their we'll, average players. And we'll also talk about the Dallas Cowboys and Jason Garrett, who is also one of those coaches. How many more times are we gonna have given these guys chances? That's the question you ask. You look at last night, and Bill O'Brien almost gave his team a reason to lose. Almost lost his team the game and a chance at maybe the season. So, Bill O'Brien, yeah, Deshaun Watson, amazing. DeAndre Hopkins, amazing. They win. But to me, Bill O'Brien, if you get to the playoffs once again, and you're a one-and-done team once again, like last year, where they people were expecting this team to maybe get to a conference championship, and you play a dud against your division foes in the Colts last year. If you lose again this year, I'm sorry, but Bill O'Brien's time as Houston Texans head coach is 
is done. That's my biggest takeaway, Ted. I know you probably have a different takeaway. My biggest takeaway, Bill O'Brien, the hot seat is coming if you have another failed postseason. Well, no, I was just I was pulling up the text from what I sent you last night, and I had written. You just you said Houston, to me Houston sloppy. I said they're lucky they are six and four. I said both teams are not impressive. Listen, you said it right in the head. Bill O'Brien's job is on the line. But the reason why they're going to win this division is because they have the best quarterback in the division. Yeah. Look at every division leader. Every division leader has the best quarterback in the division. At other than other, other than, than the, other than the 49ers yeah. who have Garoppolo and Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in that division. The West, Mahomes. The South, Watson. The North, Lamar Jackson. The East, Tom Brady. Dak is the best quarterback right now playing in the NFC East. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the North. The South, Drew Brees is the best quarterback. And the only exception is the 49ers. And we'll see after this weekend if they're still leading their with, division. With their division. Yep, that is true. With that being said, Houston is an average team. They are lucky to be in the position they are. Deshaun Watson is phenomenal. But he still makes a lot of mistakes. They have two great receivers in Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't know if Will Fuller is great, but he gives them that vertical threat that opens everything else up. And you would see when he's healthy, he has those big games. If you not remember, we talked about on the way up, he had 54 points in fantasy this year. He had like four, he had like what, six catches, three touchdowns, like 212 yards. Remember? He's a, he's a, he's a home run. He's, a he's their home run hitter where DeAndre does everything. He's their complete receiver, but you always have to have your home run hitter. And that's Will Fuller. And we said this, I've said this a couple times with Deshaun Watson. Do you think Deshaun Watson has to be maybe one of the top two most valuable players in the NFL because of if he was not on this team? Well, you think about you, it. You can't you use th- that exception because if I use that, say the Patriots, just use the Patriots. I know, but it, no, but it hasn't happened to the Patriots. Where what about happened, Mahomes? Listen, it happened. They still won. They were still winning games with Matt Moore. My point is when Deshaun Watson went down a couple years ago in his rookie year, they were 4-2. and two. Or three and two right there. Looked like they were heading in the right direction. He had 19 touchdowns and eight picks. Looked like he could have won the MVP that year. They ended up winning only four games that year. Started three and two, finished four and 12. This year, they've looked inept at times. Last week, getting destroyed by Baltimore. Now, Baltimore is a monster right now. They're playing, they're clicking on all cylinders. My point is, is that, Ted, Deshaun Watson, when he goes down, if he's not playing well, this team is almost inept at Oh, yeah, they're, they're but when he's they're, amazing, they're the they're When in. he's amazing and he's on the field, you give them a chance. Like you just said, the reason why this team should win the division is because they got the best quarterback in the division. Listen, and I, that's why they won last night. If Andrew Luck is on this Colts team, Colts win last the night. Colts easily win that game last night. It's not even a question. But the the Col- Sh- and the Colts maybe have one or two wins, and they're fighting for the number one seed in the AFC. I really believe that because they have a tremendous offensive line. We see they can run the football. Yes. They did it against the Chiefs. They've done it against anybody they want to. They yes. ran for over 200 yards against the Jags last uh-huh. week. They Last night, they ran for over 175 yards. And that's they can scary. run the football. T.Y. Hillens hurt. They have they didn't have no Marlon Mack They, they don't have night. a big-time receiver, but you don't need a receiver. And we've seen with New England, when you have a superstar quarterback like an Andrew Luck, like a Tom Brady, like a Mahomes, you don't need superstar receivers. Okay? Superstar receivers make average quarterbacks better. Great quarterbacks make average receivers even better. And we've talked about this with a bunch of teams. Look at what Russell Wilson's done. Look at what... Tom Brady has done in his career. Look what Aaron Rodgers does with guys that you don't even know of. You don't even know their names. You can't pronounce them. It's like Brady, too. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. The Houston Texans will win this division by default. They should. This division should. is garbage. If you look at the division as a whole, it's weak. It is a weak division. Well, next the Titans week- have a quarterback issue. They play great defense. They run the football, but they have a quarterback issue. We're going to get into this with the Tua thing and the impact of what it's going to mean for the following season. When you look at the Titans, they need a new quarterback. Okay, mm-hmm. 
The Jaguars. We don't know what to make of Nick Foles. Their team is too inconsistent. One week they play good, they run the football. Mm-hmm. You would think this team should be winning the division, the Jags. They have a good defense, so, they have a running game, and they have the quarterback. So your only reason the is— The Colts, here's my thing with the Colts. They're, they're the, the most, most complete team in the they're division. They're the most complete team with the, with maybe the worst court. He's not the worst. I don't. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in that division. Second, I mean, up until last night, I, we thought he was playing he, pretty he, good. He's good. He, was but playing he is not their future. Well. Jacoby Brissett is not their future. He is in a. He is an average quarterback. He's a good know, quarterback, not know, a great quarterback. He's an average. Yeah. You know, average quarterback gets you eight and eight. It doesn't get you ten and six, and it's not going to beat you, Tom Brady. It's not going to beat Lamar Jackson. It's not going to be. It's not going to beat Deshaun Watson. It's not going to win those games in the playoffs. No, they did early in home. It's a different story. Maybe home. I told you the home and away games. It's not going to make a difference going forward because we're not here to go 8-8. Eight eight. We're here to win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett, they gave him a two-year deal because they knew he was not the future. They're going to have to draft a quarterback. In the NFL, if your team is not complete, you don't have the offensive weapons to be great, you need an exceptional quarterback to take your team above and beyond. And look who's Sean the, and Watson look, yep. shows that a team that can't block for crap, they can't run the football, but a guy like him who can get out of the pocket and make plays with his legs and with his arm can get you over the hump and can get you to the playoffs. Now, is it good enough to win a game in the playoffs? Probably not. Needs more. T- they'll they'll needs- probably go one and out, or they'll win the game and then go play New England and get crushed by 40. Because we know what the story is. We know how the book ends. We've seen that story before. And that's why I say, and that's why I come back to close out this overall game is Bill O'Brien. It comes back to Bill O'Brien as well. I mean, Deshaun Watson is amazing. We know what Deshaun Watson's going to be. He's going to be a top five quarterback, top three, going in for the next 10 to 12 years. He's one of those guys you build a franchise around. Bill O'Brien, your team looks like it's on the verge of making the playoffs once again. You can't go into the playoffs with a team that has some sort of expectations, maybe not a Super Bowl, but some sort of expectations, and lay a dud again. Because if you do, your job's on the line, and you may be out as Houston Texan coach. So that's my biggest takeaway from last night. The Texans win. It was a boring game at times. I mean, talk about for what a week different, what a difference a week makes. The Browns game last week to this game, totally different. Last night's was a boring game. The better team, I don't know if the better team won. But the better quarterback outplayed was more successful. And that's the ultimate difference maker. But Bill O'Brien almost blew his team the game. Just saying, my biggest takeaway, Bill O'Brien, you're going to get to the playoffs. If you lay another dud, I thought when you the, should be fired. I thought when the end of the game, just to be finish gone. off of this, when the end of the game was happening, first of all, Deshaun Watson fumbled. Darius Leonard took the ball out of his hands. That's another, now, that's now, another story. Now, when they stopped the clock, I thought the NFL was going to review it. And Bill O'Brien called the timeout. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what are you doing? Just let the clock run. Yeah, he's Just he's, let the he's clock not, run. He's not a good coach. He's, and I, he's and had I, many issues over the years. He, I just think that his time has come as coach. And like I've been saying about the Shermers and Gases, these guys are made to be coordinators and not head well, coaches. And Bill O'Brien is another and example. And they've dealt with injuries. Their secondary was beat up last night. And J.J. Watt being out, their defense has to stop no one. Since J.J. Watt's been out, they've given up. I don't know if they did last night. I don't have uh, look at last they've night. Been, they, they they've given up over 400 yards of of uh, offense. Yeah. Defensively, the last four <laughs> games or so. No, I know it's just I I got you. I, I got your point. Remember what you were just saying? You like, need a special quarterback let me to sh- win you games that you shouldn't win when it comes down to it. That's so, what it comes down to. Unless your defense. Is historically great, like a Bears team last year that went 24 because their defense was historic, or the Ravens of 2000. You have to be exceptional at one thing. Houston's not exceptional at anything, and neither are the Colts. Let me move on to this, and you were just saying it. 
the Houston Texans are very impressive at quarterback and very impressive at receiver. But that's really it. They don't have a lot of stars like they used to. Now, I'm, I'm moving over to a guy in Lamar Jackson and what he's been able to do this year and how it seems like people are fascinating and truly amazed at what Lamar Jackson is doing in the NFL right now. Kind of like with Christian McCaffrey, I'm not surprised by this because these guys are great football players. Christian McCaffrey, I know what he did in college. He dominated in college. Should have won, won a Heisman maybe at least once. He was that good. Now, Lamar Jackson, what he's doing in the NFL is not surprising to me because what he did in college, he was the best player. I know he didn't win back-to-back Heismans. Could have. His, he his was senior year Baker, was better. His senior year was to, better I'm than his junior year. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman. Lamar Jackson, what he did from his freshman year to junior year, completion percentage improved, passing yards, rushing yards, touchdowns. He improved each year. Now everybody will say, oh, well, he never played in a college football playoff or never played in a big game. Do you know the biggest game he had in his college career was against Clemson, at Clemson, against Deshaun Watson, night who he game. just beat? It was the night game. They were down 28-10 to 10 at half. They came back, lost, but you want to know what his stats were? I have them down for you, of course. 27-44, 295 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But also had 31 rushes for 162 and two yards and two touchdowns. I know what Lamar Jackson is capable of. I've seen it in college. By far was the best player. And when people want to knock him for, well, he never got into a conference championship. Well, when he was the only player on that team, like when we think of Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State, we can name off about five to ten players from those teams. Well, us, of course, because we're different. Yeah, we're, we're different. different. But when you think of Louisville, how many players could you have really named off from those Louisville teams other than Lamar Jackson? And and you, you can't and, and you maybe think other than Jalen, maybe other than like a Jalen Smith or Devontae something. Parker. Devontae Devontae Parker wasn't I know, on Lamar Jackson. I know he wasn't on but that other team. than that, you can't name off a lot of players. From those Louisville teams. Well, you think about Louisville. They're not a predominant top 10 team. They're not no. even a top 20 team. They no. might not be top 25. But when you talk about the Clemsons, Alabamas, the Oregons, you can name Texas, off. They're usually you can name off. So where you want to bash Lamar for his play, or his record in college and never got a chance to really show off his talents in those big games. Well, he did against Clemson. Yeah, he lost. But he was also playing literally one on 11 at times because he was that good. He was that dangerous. Nobody could, and everybody wants to say, oh, he'll be done in two, two, three years like an RG3. Look, he did it in college. Nobody had an answer for him in college. Yes, his passing at times were, he struggled. It was one of his big things. And it's, it's been up until this point, his passing. But he dominated. There was no answers for him. And you're seeing in the NFL right now. Everybody's like, oh, they'll figure it out. You haven't figured it out yet. If he's able to run around and with that blazing speed that he has, and if he can develop and continue to move in the, the right direction in passing, I don't care what anybody says. Lamar Jackson's here to stay. Greg, and he Greg did, Roman has done a phenomenal job as another the offensive coordinator. Listen, they've, they've built the team around Lamar Jackson. Say what you got to say. Maybe he won't be in the league as long as Tom Brady. Maybe he won't be in the league for 20 years. You never know. But, but here's the thing. Athletically, he's going to be good for the next 10 years. 
All right? And he might not be the most accurate quarterback, but that's okay. You got him. Here's the thing. You got to make the plays when they matter. There was a play about two, three weeks ago. It wasn't the Houston game. It was against New England, and they had press coverage, and he hit the tight end Mark Andrews on a corner route to the left-hand side. Perfect, over the shoulder, yeah. high-pointed. Yep, yep. Listen, he's, he's 60, I think it was 67% this year. That's good. Anything over 60, 65, you know, we, Cam Newton was below, 66% right now. Okay, that's what I figured. 66. Cam Newton was below 60%. He was, a, you know, a Heisman Trophy winner. He does, here's the thing. He doesn't take big shots, so that's nice. He's going to need to slide eventually a little bit more. That's that's but, my biggest thing with him but is that he needs he can't play be an RG three in the sense of RG three didn't know how to slide and that's why his career went downhill. He needs to take he needs to take a safer approach for when sliding. I'm gonna use this in a basketball reference. When LeBron James first came in the NBA, he couldn't shoot, could not shoot a three. But you watch where his game has transformed in 17 years. He's a much better shooter right now than he ever was. You can get better. Just like a quarterback, you can get better with fundamentals throwing the football. I think people Listen, are just. So, okay, I think so hold on, hold on. I think people are just afraid because of the factor of his type of style of play, where well, he, he runs around like that okay, but and he takes a lot of hits. My, they my, don't think on. his play will will translate and continue to grow in the NFL. Well, here's my thought process, and here's my rebuttal to that statement. Baker Mayfield, who came into the uh, NFL as a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Yep. Doesn't have the speed, didn't have the size, but he, what was he known for? You would, if you were coming in, you would say accuracy. Accuracy, like Drew Brees, not the greatest. Pinpoint, arm. pinpoint accuracy throws. Where every time it seemed like he made a perfect throw at Oklahoma, it was oh, it was a completion. Now what is or a big what play. is Baker Mayfield's biggest weakness this year? On the football field. It's been his inaccuracy at times throwing the football. He's missed ODB and Landry and other ODB. guys. ODB. OBJ. I like the ODB. ODB? Wow, that's different. I haven't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> that's like different. That. I like that's that a different one. I like that one better. But I know what you're trying to say. Out, down, and out. I know, and what, you're I know what you're trying to say with but that. But see, Lamar can get out of plays where Baker can't, and he's able to make that throw. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield, listen, accuracy. Eli Manning won a Super Bowl. Wasn't the most accurate quarterback. Right, so what do you want to knock on this guy, right? What do you it's just that's because because it's different and it hasn't worked. Doesn't mean it can't. I think he's a better passer than where Michael Vick was when he came in the league. Michael Vick's the same guy that that Lambeau Field had a 24 game win streak. No one beat Lambeau in the playoffs. Do it. The thing. Beat Michael, him 27 to seven. Michael Vick went in there, dominated. And Vick, if you watch carefully that Baltimore New England game. Baltimore dominated that game from beginning to end. Yes, there was times when New England Does that play in factor because they were home? Listen, New England still has to win out. And if this game, the team's two teams match up with the same record, Baltimore's going to get the home game in the conference championship. Not if they all went, not if they both went out. Yes, they do because Baltimore has no the Patriots have one loss. The loss. I'm assuming don't the loss. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me my business, business. devil woman. You I'm just saying this kid is phenomenal. Enjoy it. Because guys like this don't come around in the NFL that No, they don't. They don't. I mean, everybody wants to point out, oh, he's just another, another RG3. The only thing that I would say is that he has to improve in sliding and not taking the big hits. That's why Andrew Luck he hasn't is even not— played, that's why Andrew He hasn't Luck, even played two know, full seasons. That's why Andrew Luck is not in the league because he, take a, he took a lot of— beat, Even when he ran out of the pocket and extended plays, he always took hits. RG3 is a backup now because of the injury. I'm just saying that 
Lamar Jackson, what he's been able to do. Right now, he's the favorite to win the MVP over Russell Wilson. And everybody wants to still have their naysayers. There's always a naysayer here's in the, the NFL. Here's the thing. He like will him. have his opportunity in the playoffs yes. to prove 100%. to prove the people wrong and to prove us right. Now, listen, if he, if he doesn't play well when playoff time like he didn't last year in the playoffs and they had to pull in Joe Flacco, if he doesn't, okay. So uh, it's understandable. He, listen, Eli Manning, the same guy who has two Super Bowls, has played awful in playoff games. Peyton Manning's had awful games. Guys have bad games. We will see what happens. Right now, he's improving. You got to look at it from a real fan, not an idiot. You got to look at it and say this. Look at where his play is this year and look where his play was last year. Has he not gotten better in all facets of the game? Exactly. Has he not? Yes. I'm sorry. Also, everybody wants to say that, oh, he hasn't played. Well, his last three big games, he's won all of them. Beat Brady. Destroyed Destroyed Deshaun Watson. Destroyed the Patriots. Picked them apart. And also beat. And went into Seattle. And beat Russell Wilson. I don't care about the stats. He won the game, right? Aren't we talking about victories? Now, yes, he did lose it. In Kansas City, and they did not play well. That was early in but the year, But they too. spotted him almost 21 points and made a comeback at the end. So we will see going forward. Maybe these two teams rematch. I'm just saying that everybody's surprised by this. Everybody's surprised that Christian McCaffrey is dominating right now. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you have to watch college football. I know there's not a lot of people that watch college football, and they're fascinated with these players and amazed by these players. Be like us. Watch college football. So when this happens, when players like a Lamar Jackson or a Christian McCaffrey, at the time, two guys that were very polarizing in their draft classes because they didn't know how their games would translate into the NFL. Look how they're doing. Watch college football because they did it there. They improved, and they're doing it now in the greatest league in professional sports, the most popular brand. That, always doesn't, all the, that doesn't always— But look at—I'm just saying those two. It doesn't always happen. I know that. But it's happening to these two players, so why I'm not surprised by why the way Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey are playing is because what they did in college, they dominated college football. And they're doing it right now, currently in the NFL. And what will it hold up for Lamar Jackson? Time will tell. But right now, at this current state in the NFL, they are 8-2. They look like the best team in the NFL. And he looks like the favorite right now to an MVP. So his play in the field, to me, is not even remotely close to being surprised. And guys like him and guys like Russell Wilson who are leading the MVP vote and are totally dominating and helping teams out that do have flaws because the Ravens don't really have any outside webs. And we I mean, but they don't have a lot of flaws. And, and I looked at, we go to memories. You and me last year were posting things about who has the worst offensive line, the Giants, Giants in Seattle. So you see what Russell Wilson's done. For guys like Jalen Hurts who are going to be coming in the NFL, guys like Tua, it's... This is going to give them an opportunity. And you're going to say, NFL teams are going to look at a guy like Jalen Hurts and say, that can work. He can work. And it's been working. Look at Kyler Murray. I mean, he's playing pretty well. Baker Mayfield last year, pretty well. I know he hasn't played this year well. That's why I said last week, Russell Wilson has changed the game forever because of the ability that you can draft, you can, you can take a chance now on those quarterbacks. I'm not, like I said, Lamar Jackson, not surprising. A guy I'm a little surprised with right now is Dak Prescott. And we're going to talk about, and I'm going to branch this off of all these big games because there are some big games for the first time this weekend, it seems like. you got a huge Sunday night game. you got a big Monday night football game as well. Ravens, Lamar Jackson going into L.A., going to Hollywood, the Aaron, Coliseum. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. 
And you got the Eagles against the Seahawks. Massive implications. And then you got the Dallas Cowboys, the two most hated teams probably in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. Massive implications for all of these teams. All of them. But the Dallas thing. Dak. How he's been so impressive up until this point. Which has been surprising. He's got 3,200 yards passing. He's got 21 passing touchdowns. He leads the league in passing yards. He's got nine interceptions. You know, the biggest thing we used to talk about was he was a game manager. But and hold this on. Was, this and is this was Zeke's thing. Dak has outperformed me, all me, his expectations. And I'm glad he bet on himself. And that's why my question. Dallas is going to have to pay him eventually. And that's why my question is. Is Dallas trying to prove a point with Dak? And you might be like, what do you mean? Well, why do you not think he's having that $40 million contract still? Hasn't had it yet. Because of the factor that maybe they thought, we need to give this guy a chance to throw the ball. We got to give him the ball more. Let him throw. And look what he's been doing right now. Now, that could be taken into consideration to the play that he's had. And I wrote down some more stats, Ted. Do you believe this? I love it. I love um, it. I love so it. I wrote down stats against teams under 500, what he's been doing. So he's got 1,900 yards, 318 average yes. per game, 15 touchdowns of his 21, two and a half. Now he's playing against teams under five, or above 500. He's got 1,300. He's averaging more passing yards, believe it or not, 330. But he's only got six touchdowns, where he has three picks against below 500. He has six against above 500. So, yes, Dak has done tremendous. I mean, if you're a Dallas fan, are you excited? Are you happy with the play right now with Dak Prescott? This weekend is a, a huge telling point to where we're going to see Dak Prescott in the next couple of years. Yes, I believe but this, is, is it, this is the biggest Is game. it because of the play of the, comp the level of competition that he's playing? Or is Dak Prescott, they're giving him the chance to say, you want your $40 million? We're going to give him the ball. We're going to take away, I, it's shocking, Zeke. We're going to give you the ball. We're going to let you throw 40 to 50 times and make the, prove the point that, hey, I know this guy is a game manager, but he has the ability to throw the ball 40 to 50 times and win games. So do you put, the, do you put it on the level of competition? Do you put it on that maybe they are trying to prove a point with him getting the ball in his hands and throw more and become that quarterback that most people do not believe he is other than Dallas fans? Is that what they're trying to do? Are they trying to prove I don't that know. point? I don't, I don't think they are purposely trying to do that, but let's be realistic. We know the last couple of years it's been, it's been Dak hand the ball off, play action pass, and play solid defense. Yep. And Zeke's been the leader. He got paid. But let's be honest, guys. Let's really be honest. Just think about it. Who is going to have to make the play late in the game? It's going to have to be the quarterback. All the, comes the, back to the quarterback. We talked about it two weeks ago when they lost to Minnesota. Why didn't they put the ball in Dak's hands? He was hot all game. They tried to feed he it to Zeke. He moved all the way down the field. Two years ago, you would have been like, good. They're giving it to their best player. Now you're saying, look what you just said. Now you're saying... Why do they not give it to Dak? But they're proving. They're trying to prove a point right now. Look at every team that's a leader, right? That's leading the thing. You're going to put the ball in the quarterback's hand. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes. Is he Brady. their best player? Who he's not their best player okay. because we have to think about what's best and most valuable. They're most There's important. There's a difference, yeah. okay? Okay. That's the fine. best. The best player maybe on their team might not even be an offensive guy. Might be a defense guy. Could be an offense. Could be an offensive lineman. Could be Tyron Smith. Look at what Dak's stats have been when Tyron Smith has missed games in his career. They falter tremendously. We saw that last year against the Falcons. 
Adrian Claiborne became a Hall of Famer in one game. Six sacks. So a four sacks. Zeke might be their best player, but their most important player is Dak because he is the one is. Go- Listen, he's gonna have playing against Brady this week. We've mm-hmm. always talked about it. They don't go against each other one on one like they do in basketball and other sports. But he's gonna have to outperform Brady. Yep. Okay. We talk about how great Brady is because he can do it with no names. He's going to have to okay. do it again this week. Mohamed Sanu is out this week. He's going to have to do it again this He's weekend. Got Joe Schmo and Billy Joe Hober and the, and, and the hot dog vendor guy. And the hot dog vendor guy. And we expect the Patriots to win because they have Tom Brady, they have Bill Belichick, and they're home. Yep. Dak has to prove a point to all the naysayers. That he's worth the money, that the Dallas Cowboys are for real, that they don't just beat up on teams that are owing whatever, because who they've been. They've been the Giants twice, they've been the Redskins, they've been Miami. You know, they their, be- big, their biggest win is the Eagles. Eagles. And, their and they, four and, losses and are Dak to the, is, And Dak has own wins. Their four losses, with the exception of the Jets, are to the Vikings, which look like a playoff team. The Packers, what do you mean, which look, they are a playoff looks team. Looks like they're gonna get to the playoff. Looks like they're gonna maybe a Super Bowl contender. All three teams and the Saints. All those three games. Dak Prescott has underperformed and has not won those games. So you have another huge game this week. And I'll even add to the point that this is a must for Jason Garrett. And I could put him in the same boat as the Bill O'Brien's right now. His record right now, 83 and 43. But he's 2-3 and three in the playoffs in 10 seasons. One team from the NFC East is going to the playoffs. That is a fact. It's going to be the Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys. It's plain and simple. Now, Dak needs to be the better quarterback on the field. That is true. However, I'll add to the point that Jason Garrett needs to be, we know he's not going to be the better coach, but he has to be to that level. I'm not going to say he has to, he has to be at least at that level of Belichick to win on Sunday. There's a lot of pressure on Jason Garrett because if you lose pressure on this Cowboys team, of course. If they lose, everyone. But those are the two main guys that always get back to it at the end. Absolutely, because when you win, who you who do you who do you get? You congratulate the coach and you congratulate the quarterback. When they lose, lose, you go after the coach and you you don't go after the the other players. Yes, that's what part of being an NFL quarterback. You take the wins and and you take the losses. Yeah. If Dallas loses, everyone's going to say, which we don't mind either way. At that's what we expect. Dak didn't play well enough, and Dallas can't beat a real good team. And 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 it just backs up everyone else's point. Yep. Now, if they can go into New England and actually beat New England, I think people need to take a step back and say, okay. all right, that's at least one step forward. But this is definitely a, maybe a different Dallas And team. I think Dallas has to win this game. This is a must-win more so than for New England. Uh, uh, and, yeah. and, I, and, and the reason why I say that is because— Well, I don't know, because Dal- if New England loses this week, then they go to second place. Because they get lost the head-to-head to Baltimore. It depends on Baltimore wins. Exactly. But I'm just saying, Dallas, you have to win. Yes. You, ca- you cannot consistently play. Here's the other thing. You don't beat New England. They got no one on offense. They got no one. They don't have a left tackle. Okay? Marshall Newhouse couldn't start for the Packers. It was a backup. Of course, the Giants, <laughs> of course picked, the Giants. The Giants picked them up. And we tried to put them at uh, tackle. And we know how that worked. That didn't work out. See you later. He was like away every week. Okay? Now he's on the he's the starting left tackle for New England, and he's god awful. They have no Gronk, they have no Mohamed Sanu, they don't have Antonio Brown, they got Tom Brady who's forty thousand years old, and that's it. And Julian Edelman, and he's been beat up all year. Who else do the Patriots have? If the Dallas Cowboys cannot go in there, establish a running game, and then and they have all the weapons, they have better receivers, they have the better offensive line. 
They have the better running back. They have the better D-line. They have the better linebackers. The only thing the Patriots have better is the coach, the quarterback, and the secondary. If that's good enough to beat Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys don't deserve— they, no, I don't. they can't be a Super Bowl contender if you can't win a big game once in once in, in 10 years. Because Jason Garrett, how long? Think about this for any other team. You go 10 years as a coach. You got all. Think about Marvin all the, Lewis. Think about all the talent that Dallas Marvin has had. Lewis. They've had all Cincinnati. the talent. The Tony Romans, the Tios, the the linebackers they have on the team. The offensive linemen's been great. Dak, 12 and four. This and that. And how many times we see the same old story? They keep losing. They can't win the big game. The coach needs to be fired. You see you later. You seem if like you you're. You seem like you're, you're like citing what you want to see Dallas win. No, I, I'm. I'm <laughs> saying though, if you it seems like you want Dallas to win, I don't know. If they want to be taken seriously, this is a game right. that would put them in a serious well, conversation. This is a, this is a huge game for Dallas. And thank you for listening, everybody. If you haven't got a chance to listen, you could check us out later on on YouTube, Spotify. We are Keys to the City. Check us out. You could subscribe to us as well and like us. Thank you for all the comments and follows. As well, but you look at the Cowboys and Eagles schedule. I wrote them down. So the Cowboys schedule definitely looks a lot harder than the Eagles schedule. So they play the Pats, then they got the Bills on Thanksgiving, then at Chicago, Rams, at Philly, then close out with Washington. Philly's record is right now Seahawks this Sunday, then at the Dolphins, Giants, at Redskins, Cowboys, and at Giants. So this is a huge game for Dallas because if they want to win this division— they have to go into Foxborough and pull off the upset because it looks like with Philly's record, with their schedule the next five weeks, not including this week, it looks very, very favorable. And all sides point to maybe Dallas not making the playoffs this year. If they don't make the playoffs, Jason Garrett's gone. That's just me. But that's another huge game. You look at Philly against Seattle. I mean, this is massive for both teams. If Seattle goes into Philly... And they win. Depending on what happens that Sunday night, they could be going into Monday morning in first place in the NFC West. And Philly will be under 500. Philly, we know what they have to do. Their offense has looked atrocious. Carson Wentz, Ted, remember when you picked Carson Wentz to win MVP? I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. Their defense isn't has been playing all right, but their offense is the problem right now. I don't know what to make of this Eagles team overall, but with the schedule in the next five weeks, not including this Seahawks game, it is all favorable to Philly. And they don't play anybody other than Dallas. They play the Dolphins. They play the Giants twice. And they play Washington. Those are all games that they should be. They should win without question. I mean, all signs point to maybe Philly winning this division. So these games are huge for this NFC East because we've been talking for the past couple weeks and most people say it, I hope most people say it at least, that one team's coming out from the NFC East. And it's important also for Seattle because you want want to maintain pace with Green Bay, San Francisco, and the Saints. Because I said to you before the show, other than New Orleans— What's the second place you would not want to go to in the playoffs? Seattle. It's Seattle. You, you would rather, rather go to, go to you rather go to San Fran and Green Bay. Absolutely. I mean, not that Green Bay is an easy place to play, and neither is San Fran. But we know historically the last seven to eight years, when Seattle plays home, it's they hard. are a different it's monster. Hard. It's, it's hard. And so is New Orleans. It's difficult. So, that's why this game so much is it has huge implications. <laughs> there's some big you games. know, there's been question marks about Carson Wentz. Can he? St- Listen, Nick Foles won them the Super Bowl. I know 
their offensive line was great. Their defensive line was great. But Nick Foles was the quarterback, so he gets credit. Say what you want to say. But Carson Wentz got to start winning some games and start proving that he's worth the money. Okay? Because he already got – see, here's the thing. Golf and him, they got paid. Dak's still proving to see if he could get paid. And right now, all signs point to him possibly but getting Dak, that big Dak's contract. But Dak's also beating Carson Wentz five of the that last is six true. times. He's got the head-to-head. So you, so you could Carson see, needs a, he needs a big performance. He needs to win. The Eagles need a big performance. I mean, there's not much more to say. It's plain and simple. The Eagles and the Cowboys are in must-win games. You want to win this division? It starts this week. You want to start getting into that upper echelon of maybe a team that can make a run into the playoffs and maybe a Super Bowl run? It starts this week. And what better way to do it than for the Dallas Cowboys to play Fox, go into Foxborough and play the champs and another team, the Philadelphia Eagles, playing home against one of the best teams in the league currently, the Seattle Seahawks. What better way to start for both teams? Who needs them? Who, who do you think is going to win? Give me a, just give me a quick prediction. You got the Eagles or you got Eagles or Seattle? I have this weird feeling. Listen, if NFL is weird, so I'm gonna say it like this. I think the Eagles find a way to win. Okay. I do. Seattle's the better team. Russell Wilson will probably have a phenomenal game, but listen, we've seen these over and over. I'm gonna go, NFL, I'm actually gonna if you watch the NFL, there's always like and it's not like the Eagles are bad. I'm actually going to agree with you. But I just think I the Eagles I, find a way to win somehow at home. Carson Wentz makes a late play. Said, maybe 23-20. I'm agreeing with you. I, I could see easily Philly coming in, and especially the West Coast team coming to the East Coast. You know, it's a 1 o'clock kick? It's a 1 o'clock kick. No, it's, a four, it's not a 4 o'clock? No. It's a 1 o'clock. That stinks. There's only two, I four wish that was a, there's only I, two 4 o'clock games. I wish the CBS game had the Dallas game and the Fox Can't, had the— because they want all the ratings yeah, to be I on know, the Dallas that, that would be, that, Of course, they're going to already get ratings. Ah, they're like two, the to cover the six. They're two of the best— They're two of the best marketable teams in the league. Got that picture? Of course I do. This is what I'm— t- I'll get into that in a few. I'm going to go with Philly. I agree with you. However, I'm going to go with the Pats. I think the Pats are just, it's Foxborough. I trust Bilicek and Brady more than I do Dak and, and uh, Garrett. Oh, so do I. I'm going to pick the page. It's, it's the same thing I do with Are you? It's the same thing. You're not I, picking Dallas? No. Dallas is the more talented team. No, I don't give a kid. You don't, you don't, you really, they're the more talented team. Listen, it's like I say with Alabama. I need to see them get beat. Okay. Oh, he's got the Giants beating him this week. Oh, no. That's true. All signs point to the Giants I'm, listen, losing. I'm just saying, until they get beat, how can I pick against the Patriots? And if you told me to pick the uh, the worst of the two evils, I'd rather see Dallas lose. I'd oh, rather, yeah. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather I, see Dallas I always lose. want Dallas to lose, so I'm rooting for the Patriots to win this week. I'm not rooting. I'm rooting for the Patriots. I'm not rooting for anyone. I hope they both lose. I hope they both end in a tie, 0-0. I, just, I think if you had said someone's got to win, I'll take the Patriots. I think these are two great games, and... Two massive games for all four teams as well. And then I want to get quickly into the Sunday night game because that game is for – is that a pre-NFC championship game matchup? I mean, Packers, right now they look – they've looked great. Aaron Rodgers looked great. But San Fran, we thought this team was the best team. Are they going to run the table? Right now they're 9-1, but their offense has kind of looked at times – eh. And their defense has kind of been – like, so what do we make of this San Fran team right now currently? I, I'm, I'm taking the Packers in this game. I think Green Bay is going to go into this game with Aaron Rodgers and lead the charge and take over. 
and make that top two seed because I just don't trust the Jimmy G right now. I know he played Arizona, but that's Arizona. He had four touchdowns, 300 yards. Amazing. Fascinating. But it was Arizona. I need to see it against higher level competition like a Dak Prescott. It's the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been great, but I need to see it against see, higher competition. See, I disagree with you. See, I see this is a game where Nick Bowes and D Ford and DeForest Buckner, who's been one of the best D tackles in the game this year, taking over. We saw what happens when they went to LA against the Chargers. Remember? Melvin Gordon and Joey Boza were caused they all just, the, yeah. they caused all type of havoc. And I'll put it this way the 49ers have a much better D line than the Chargers. That's and true. they could stop the run. That's now true. the biggest thing is they could put Richard Sherman on Devontae Adams. This comes to the can Aaron Rodgers make enough plays? See, here's the thing. I think Green Bay, Green Bay is good at pass rushing the quarterback. Mm -hmm. But what do the 49ers do good? Rush the football. Run the football. Run the football. So that's how you defeat a good pass rush. You run the football right at them. If San Francisco has a good line, mm -hmm. if they can get back to running the football like they were, Jimmy G doesn't have to be great. He has to be good enough to make plays. He doesn't have to be great. You don't have to be when your defense is as good as San Francisco is and you have a good running game. Both and, defenses and, are actually really good. And, I, and I'm really excited to see the coaching matchup. Two young, innovative, great they coaches. They look like brothers. Matt LaFour. They kind of look like brothers. Matt LaFour has done a great job in his first year against Green Bay. And, and of course, Kyle Shanahan in his... Second, it's, I believe it's a second year, right? Third, no, it's like a third. third or four, it's right? his third, third year already. Yeah. That, imagine how yeah. time flies. So you but got San, you have San. I Fran. like San Fran winning. Okay. I think the defense is going to be the dif difference maker. They're going to get enough pressure to make plays to cause havoc for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is great. I'm not knocking it. I just think he ain't going to be a bad man. He ain't going to be a bad man. Can't be a bad man when you're lying on the ground. And I think and no, he was a bad boy then. <laughs> He got beat up. And I and I, a bad boy. and I know and I think San Francisco understands the impact of this game. Okay. Okay. It's three massive games. So I massive. got the, so I got the Patriots. I got, I got the, the Eagles. I got the, and I got the 49ers. I You have Eagles, Patriots, and Packers. Packers yes. Cool. I also think the Rams beat Baltimore. I think Baltimore's going to run wild on them. I think Lamar Jackson continues. His... I think it's one of those games. Yeah. I'm telling you, watch. That you're... defense is too good. Jared, Go Jared Goff looks lost. I mean, we'll talk about that on Tuesday, look, yep. depending on what happens. Jared Goff looks like Mitchell Trubisky right now. They look lost, both of them. One of those teams had the win last Sunday night. It just so happens that the, it was the L.A. Rams. We'll talk about that Monday night game. We'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I want to close out with this with the NFL, and thank you for watching again as well. Daniel Jones. So we know about Daniel Jones. He was ridiculed, like me, by a bunch of fans when he got drafted. Bunch? A bunch. Thousands. More, millions. More millions of fans. He me got booed you. at Yankees Stadium. Me and you. Or both add into that crowd. Yeah. So you look down. You look back. Or... April. That's what happens. The Giants. Are they going to start him? So he's the quarterback. He's been the quarterback for nine starts. Well, do you know what his stats are right now? He's got 2,000 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, eight picks. I know he has 11 fumbles. I know he's got the turnovers. But is it possible, is it possible that Daniel Jones, by the end of this year, can be in the history books? He's only 13 touchdowns away. From, break, from breaking Baker Mayfield's 27 touchdowns as a rookie. He's got 15 right now. He's had two games of four, plus, four touchdowns and 300 yards. You see, you see the numbers he just had when Colin posted Daniel Jones? He has nine touchdowns and one pick in the last two games. No, more. Or three games. Three games since week eight. Since week eight. He has 65, uh, over yes, 65%. Last three games he's had two, past two of the three, he's had four touchdowns and 300 plus yards. 
I'm just saying, you look at what Daniel Jones is doing right now. If you're a Giant fan, you got I know the Giant. I know the Giants are horrible. I know they suck. They stink. They're terrible. They got a bad coach right now. The GM, we don't know what to make of Gettleman still. They have issues. They just called out their rookie, DeAndre Baker. There is issues right now going on. But one of the bright spots, and the bright spot going forward, and I don't care what anybody says, and I'm all for him now. I'm pro Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones. He's been a positive for the New York Giants. I know he's had 19 turnovers. We can get over that. It happens. Peyton Manning threw 27 picks or 28 picks his rookie year. Get over it. Look what Peyton Manning did. I'm not saying he's going to be Peyton Manning. So for anybody that's going to think, oh, he's comparing it, I'm not. But Peyton Manning had 27 turnovers or 27 picks. And look how his career turned out. Daniel Jones will work on those 19 turnovers. He'll get better. It happens. But look what he's doing right now with a team that has an offensive line that we thought would be better than where it is currently a running back that is still kind I still think dealing with injuries and hasn't had a full slate of his weapons his tight end's been injured his one of his main weapons Sterling Shepard has been out with a concussion he hasn't had a full slate of weapons but you look at him right now he's got 2,000 yards passing he's projected to have through for 3,000 yards and have 25 25 touchdowns yes have 14 picks but if he it's possible that he could break the rookie record and actually, it'd be a success. And quite possibly, why wouldn't he get? He's the, been one. Of why the, wouldn't he get the rookie of the year? He's then? been no. He won't. Kyle Murray. Kyle or Murray's been. I mean, if he breaks the touchdown record, doesn't matter. Kyle R- or, Rick, it doesn't matter. No, that that does not matter one bit. I can just watch the game and see Kyle or Murray. That doesn't. Kyle or Murray has been a different animal. I'm Especially just saying the, that with a guy like I mean, if it wasn't for Saquon last year, Baker Mayfield would have won rookie of the year. And yes, his team was bad last year. They didn't make the playoffs. But he's might have a better record he, than the Giants. That's true. The Giants are not going to. I don't see the Giants winning much more games. But you have to. And I think people, he has to be in the consideration. Look at Kyler Murray running around, he has throwing to be, the ball. He almost beats him. How about Josh Jacobs? Can't forget about oh, Josh I, Jacobs. I, uh, no, I, I, but he has to be in the consideration. Oh, absolutely. He's going to be top three. I think he'd be put third. I think right now you put Josh Jacobs one, Kyler Murray two, Daniel Jones three. Let me ask you this. Listen. Let me ask you this you, right now. The current. Giants got their quarterback. Listen, a lot of the fumbles is because he's still a rookie. You're not understanding presence in the pockets, but you can get better. It happens. Okay? You get better. I'm listening. I got, I got you. He can throw the ball. We've you seen, can there was a stat on FPP, uh, Pro Football Focus, PFF, was he had um, the most throws, completed passes, in a tight window throughout the NFL season. You know, whatever. I think it's less than a yard of uh, separates between the defensive back and the receiver. Yeah. He's got the most completions. He's got no protection. He's got no running game. The Giants can't run the football because they can't block. They have no weapons. Like you say, we're missing both of our tight ends this weekend. Saquon's, we don't know if he's 100% healthy. I don't think he's 100% healthy. never tell us. We can't block. We have an offensive-minded coach who doesn't know schematically how to put our players in the best, make in-game adjustments. best position to succeed. Yep. So how and the defense is giving up thirty points a game. Let me, so you're always playing down. But the main bright spot for the New York Giants, you got a quarterback. Forget about the turnovers. You got a quarterback. The main the, thing coming into this year, you got the quarterback. Was hoping that Daniel Jones possibly was going to be our franchise quarterback. It wasn't even Daniel Jones. It was that you got a quarterback and he was yes. the franchise for two for years. The main question for the New York Giants was when will they ha- get rid of Eli and have a new 
Time to move on from Eli and find their future. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, he has 19 turnovers, but the New York Giants have found their guy, and they're going to move forward with him. And why wouldn't you not be happy with that? That's the main thing, right? It's about starting with a quarterback. You need a quarterback. Most, most important position in all the sports, the New York Giants have found their guy. Quick question at the end. Do you think he breaks... Do you think he gets the 13 touchdowns? How many, how many have? He has 15 right now. 27 is the record by Baker last year. Does he have 13 last six games? No. And the reason I say because of the competition down the road. Still got to play the Bears. Oh, are you so sure? Well, well, he plays I'm, the Bears. He plays the Bears. He plays the Packers. I know he plays the Dolphins. He plays the Eagles twice and the Redskins once. And I don't think he gets it. And I believe that's still. So, yeah, he plays the Bears this week, then Green Bay next week. Yep. Then at Philly yep. on Monday night. Or Sunday night, I believe. Then Miami. Monday, then Miami. Then Washington. And, and then, then close out with Philly. Well, like I, said, I think he could do it. I don't think he does. Wait, 13 he needs? He's then, already had two games of four-plus touchdowns. We'll see what he does the next two weeks. Okay. And those are going to be tough games. In Green Bay, uh, Green Bay and then Chicago. I'm going to go with yes. I think he does. I think, I he, think, I think he, I, he falls short. I think he gets 12. Ooh, tie, so he ties with Baker? Yeah. Okay. I think he breaks it. I think he's going to get 28. What do you, and, and, and as a Giant fan, I... Can't be any happier with that. And think about it. He missed the first two games. Can you imagine that? The six-pack of Daniel Jones. There's a possibility that Daniel Jones can have the all-time touchdown record for a rookie. Let's put that in perspective. With, with, back, with, in with, a, back in April, we were... Considering we were, this we were, team... We were, we, were, we were throwing him already. Get him out. I know. We already want him this gone. team might not win three games. Might not win three games. Think about that. If you're not a happy Baker giant, Mayfield had a lot more weapons and almost went to the playoffs last year. So let's, let's put that in consideration. Who does Daniel Jones have throwing the ball to? Come on. Evan Ingram can't stay healthy. Sterling Shepard. was suspended for the first four games. Sterling Shepard hasn't played in four weeks because of concussion. Saquon Barkley missed the game against Tampa when Daniel Jones came in. And then he's missed, missed a couple weeks. And then he's been hurt. And he hasn't been the same. The Giants offense line hasn't blocked for him. So, if you're, yeah, if you're not happy as a Giant fan that Daniel Jones, then, then you shouldn't be considered a Giant fan. I'm sorry. I mean, he's been... He's been pretty good. He's been our lone bright spot, it seems, at times throughout this season. He's he makes the Giants worth watching. Wow, who would have thought that? Who would have thought that in April? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our break. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Kanish to talk some college football. And we'll also add, should have Saban taken to out? It's the main question. It could come back to haunt the Crimson Tide. We'll be joined by, as I said, big old Kanish to talk more college football. Is anybody going to stop the big three? We'll talk about that. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. If you didn't get to check out the first part of our show, you could check it out on Spotify, YouTube as well, Amazon, iTunes. Check us out. Keep liking. Keep commenting. Thank you for all the people that have been watching. So let's get into college football. We'll be joined by the Kanish in a few minutes to talk some... Well, there's not many big games this week. There's a mammoth game in the Big Ten, and then there's some other games. 
But this is not a big week for college. If you're a big fan of the big games in college football, well, then you only got one game. You got the 12 o'clock game. Get it for three and a half hours. But we're going to start off with what happened last week. We never got into it. We never got to give our chances to discuss what Saban should have done. And you were with me last week, and we were talking when— we I totally disagreed with we, you. We were at Randall's when it happened. We were having lunch, and there was an injury in the Alabama game. You know the story. And it was Tua. And I said, why the hell is he in? And you guys all went after me. You, Uncle Jerry, Michael, all went after me because I said he should have been taken out of the game. And you guys said, why? Oh, it's only the second quarter. Okay, let me put this into perspective. When you have one of the most important players, one of the best players in college football, maybe your only chance to get a chance to get into the college football playoff is your quarterback, Tua. You're up 35-7 to against a Mississippi State team that is not going to come back. It's not a good team. They're not coming back to beat you. Why have, why are you throwing knowing that, oh, well, we want to do a two-minute offense? Why? It's not about the rest of the game. The game's over. The game was over. You did not know, did not need to have 13 in the game. You know how valuable he is to your or your franchise. I can't believe you're saying that. Dude, it's the, football. But he, the game was, the, yeah, so, so was the, you finished the first half then. You should no be, way I'm getting taken out in the knowing, first half. There's two minutes one. No way. Now, I can understand. Hold on. No, listen, hold on. Hold on. No, no, listen. listen. I can understand him running the football. <laughs> no, you listen to me. Listen, I can understand him running the football and going into the half. And, 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 and I agree with maybe not passing. First of all, I thought before the game, maybe he wouldn't even play because it was Mississippi State and he had enough um, confidence in his team that he was going to win the game. But listen, Trev, it's the first half, dude. This is college football. If are he you, was healthy. Are you, are, you looking at, if you, are you looking at your screen right now? Look at the injury history history of him. Okay, but then, no, he, then he should have never been playing the game in the first place. Then exactly. But okay, why? But is, okay, but if they were, if he was healthy, him as the player, if he said he was healthy enough and he felt comfortable, if the team agreed that he was healthy enough and he was going to start, then he can play the first half. So you just threw, so you just threw. Dude, your you fin- even Dad said you played at least for the first half, and then uh, you sit him for the second half. So you just threw. So you just threw up maybe your possible your chance of. It getting was a freak thing. I'm sorry. But he's too valuable. Then he shouldn't have played the game at all. Exactly. Then. Okay. I would have been more. I would have been more in support with that to just t- because it's Mississippi State. You didn't need to. You don't play anybody. But big there's until, no until Auburn. Get him ready for Auburn. But I like what that's Nick what you should have done. If Aaron Rodgers, when he's hurt, when he had broken rib, is he gonna sit? No, he's gonna play. No, of course he's gonna play. I you expect p- that to be. We're football guys. You play. I'd, you, I can't believe you would say because the game was over. There's no point. But in you ha- finished the first half. Then, I, oh, that, fine. But a freak thing happened. You're right. But to know that it's more about down the road. It's more about playing Auburn. It's more about possibly getting into the college football playoff and not the damn Mississippi State Bulldogs. Yes, they maybe should have never even played them. But if he wanted to, it's like the whole Saquon thing. He wanted to play. That's the competitor in him. That's what he wants to do. But knowing that he is so valuable. To your team and what he is able to do for your team, knowing that he has an injury, hish, a list. Yes, I have it up there. It's like a bucket list. He's got both injuries to have. Knowing that he's not, he has the ankle injury. What I didn't like what Saban said is we're working on the two-minute drill. He doesn't need to work on the two-minute drill. That is BS, Saban. You screwed up on that. 
He, and you might have screwed up your chances of getting into the college football well, playoff. Because Heisman, his Heisman. No, but it's not even about the Heisman. It's about look at this. Do you think they're gonna have Alabama in now with Mac Jones in? Or oh man, Tua. We can have Tua. I know they didn't win their conference championship, but Tua is a selling against, point. Tua against possibly Justin Fields if they were the number one team, or Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence in the semifinal. Oh my God, that sounds so much more appealing now. Oh, now it's like okay, it's the Justin Herbert and Oregon show. Now it's, it's, like, it's for them to win, and it's for them to get it's to the three. Team. There's three teams. There's three teams. We're gonna talk about it with Chaz for that final final position Spot. because right now the top three seem to be set barring any chaos happening at the end in the next couple of weeks and that's which only, could happen and that's the only way i think alabama gets in now they need total chaos yeah they need a they, but if two is in if Tua doesn't get hurt they probably have a better shot of getting in with instead of having mac jones i think it's going to be even more difficult because they see the name Tua. they see the selling point and unlike ohio state a couple of years when when jt Perry got her and cardell jones took over they're not going to have the sec championship game to prove yep. that yep they're not going to be they're going exactly. to be sitting and here's the thing Oregon's going to be playing in that bonus week. The SEC championship game is going to be Alabama's going to Alabama be Alabama will be home. home watching. So the last thing the the committee's going to see is Oregon against Utah. A top f- uh, you're going to have 6 and 7. You know I'm not I'm not a, a a person that likes to the idea of players sitting out or a player taken out in the first half. You know I'm not like that. But the importance of Tua to this team and to college football as well. It's so important because his impact not only because and the NFL, football, no, but I'm talking. I'm not talking about the NFL right now. That's a whole other story. I'm talking about college because he is a brand. It's like the Zion factor. Zion, Tua. It is a brand. He is huge. He is a name. People know of Tua. If you're not even a college football fan, you know of Tua because of the upcoming NFL draft. You know of him. Now with all these injuries going on, and you see the list right now, he's had some serious injuries. We got the caller. Here Chaz, he is. Call big him. old Kanish. Kanish, you are on with Keys to the City. What's up, big fella? What's cooking, guys? Not much. We're currently just talking. I want to get your quick opinion on this. We're talking because we didn't get to talk, discuss it at Tell all yet. Tell our two points. Tua, the injury to Tua. Should Saban have had kept him in? I said no, knowing that you were up 35-7. I know it's the first half, but you're up 35-7. The game was over. There was no point. Okay, we and know. you keep it. And, you and, keep, Ted, you said, play to the and first Ted said half. you should at least play to the first half. Then you half. bench him in the second should, half. Knowing that they had all these in, this injury going on with him, would you have kept in Tua at that current time? I think it's hard because none of us know really what the trainers – said about the injury i think my problem was when you saw him at the beginning of the lsu game just from the naked eye um he really wore down and you could tell he was hobbling in that game i don't even know if he should have been playing against mississippi state but the problem comes for alabama is is they try to get into the college football playoff and you know they're trying to get one last score to say we beat mississippi state 42 to 7 rather than 35 to 7. That makes a difference. But do you also think it hurts them, their chances now, especially? I know they're not going to possibly get in, barring LSU collapse or something. Do you see, especially now with two out, is that kind of just like the icing on the cake for Alabama to not make it now? Because if if Tua was playing, do you think Alabama would have had a better shot over an uh, Oregon team or something like that, or maybe even Georgia? Or now with Mac Jones at quarterback, do you think they're just, yeah, I don't, we don't want to put Alabama in now because it's not sexy anymore? Well, you think, I think th- this the problem, is like the, the icing on the cake. that everyone's making. 
is that Ohio State team when JT Barrett went down and Cardell Jones came back. The problem for Alabama is they don't face an opponent like Wisconsin. Uh, you know, and, and Ohio State dispatched them 50 to nothing. Yeah. So I don't think without Tua, they can make the definitive argument that they're one of the best four teams in the country, especially when they only have Western Carolina and a three-loss Auburn in front of them. I think if Oregon wins out, then I think that Oregon will go. Even with Tua? Yes. Even if Tua uh, was still no, playing? I think. I think there would have been a huge debate in that committee of over who. Well, I told you. No, I know. That's you. what I meant. I thought it was that, cha- that no, changes. I agree everything. with that because what they're going to say is Oregon. If Alabama beats Oregon and they beat them impressively, so we're going to put an Oregon team one loss over a four loss, maybe the fifth best team in the SEC, Auburn, over a one loss Alabama, and if Alabama team, kills who lost to the number one team in the country. Well, I think that. Tua being out answers that question. Well, yeah, I think, and, I think it makes I mean, it yeah. that much. I, I think it makes their decision that much easier with and, Tua and, out and now. Got, and people got to understand this realistically. I know people are going to say, "Oh, the Pac-12, there's no respect." You got to understand, it's about name branding, okay? When I mean, Alabama's Oregon, Oregon. I know, but when when you go into a certain stadium and certain things, Tua's a selling point, okay? Nick Saban's a selling point. Urban Meyer was a selling point. Certain, Tua's a selling certain point. Certain things are selling points. I'm not knocking Justin Herbert. He's a phenomenal player. He's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. He's going to be. He sh- maybe be uh, situated for the Heisman Trophy contention. But you got to understand where Alba and Tua, Alabama and Tua and where the, their name brand comes in. Because the way the NCAA looks at it, it's called revenue. It's called money. What brings in the money? They're trying to maximize their profits. Alabama and Tua maximize their profits over Oregon. And that's why I said it, it's probably the well, icing on the cake for Alabama to so not get So they're out. They're out. Even without, I think Tua, if they win. without Tua, they can't make the argument that we would beat Oregon. Yep. Because Absolutely. right now, exactly. I don't think... With, a, with 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 their quarterback situation, you could say definitively that if Oregon and Alabama met on a neutral field, you would give it probably okay, to Oregon. And I don't even yeah, know if and, Alabama and would beat Utah. I think I don't know if Alabama would beat Utah. One, week one on a neutral field, Alabama doesn't have that strong of a resume. I think Alabama would still be a favorite, point wise, but I don't think they would win. I think they would still be a favorite, but it wouldn't be that like if two was playing against Oregon, it'd be probably like maybe a ten point, ten and a half, ten and a half, twelve point spread. Whereas now with Mac Jones under center, it'd probably be Minus like a two, two and a half, maybe three, and that's huge. That's a huge. Listen, drop I was off. listening to Joe. That's Cry. the he, po- he that, didn't think he didn't think Alabama would beat Utah. Without Tua, because that's, that's bit, why that's I say Alabama. A, there's not the same defense. There's they no chance for the Alabama ball. because no of, with the with the absence now of Tua, it just makes the committee's decision that much more easier. It comes down you to the You know what teams the wild card guys is USC, is is for Oregon because Oregon handled them in the Coliseum yep. and the Utes lost to them. Yep. So right now Oregon can say, okay, Alabama, if we go and win the Pac-12, and even if Tua's out. Okay, and Alabama has one loss that they, they beat Auburn. Oregon can say, yes, we lost to Auburn in the beginning of the field of the season on a neutral field on a fluke play. We dispatched the top 25 team in U- USC, and we beat a top 10 team in Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. It gives them a stronger resume. If, LS, if USC loses, then Oregon says they only have one win against Utah. And if you look at Utah's schedule – UConn played BYU, Northern Illinois, and Idaho State, and not one team ranked currently in the top 25. I think it just makes it that much easier now with Tua's injury. I wanted to before we get into the games, quick, and we're gonna go with we're gonna go with your predictions as well too. Um, 
is you look at the top three right now, and it seems like it's just the top three, barring any uh, chaos in the next two weeks. The top three, and then there's just four. Is there any team right now outside like Georgia or Clint or like Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma? Could is there any way that these top three don't make it or one of the two of these three teams are not making to the college football championship? Is it just them three and everybody else is just there? It feels like to me that it's that it's come to that point. Clemson's starting to click. Ohio State's been so complete. And LSU, I know their defense is very suspect, but they've had their offense is amazing. Those three teams look like, without question, the premier teams. Then you have the Georgias and the Alabama, Oregons and stuff. Everybody else, it's just, eh, do you give them any chance? Uh, well, let's just go by conference. Big 12, Oklahoma and Baylor. You know, if, if the committee gave nothing to Oklahoma's win against Baylor, so if they go and beat them again in the Big 12 and they nothing. beat Oklahoma State, yep. maybe in convincing yeah, But you're fashion. not going to get more points now you for know, beating a team uh, that you already Michigan beat. Michigan has been on a roll, but they're not going to get enough clout to get up there. Yep. Penn State, maybe if they destroy Ohio State on the road this week. I don't think they have to destroy. I, they just have to win. And yes, win they the, do. No, they don't. If they convincing. beat Ohio State nope. in Ohio State, it doesn't matter by three points. You need a, conv you need a convincing They're going to be in the Big Ten Championship in Ohio State, and then they would be able to either knock off with Minnesota, Minnesota or Wisconsin. Both teams would be ranking if it's Minnesota. I think that Penn would be, State needs a convincing and win. And that would put Penn State in the title win. with Ohio State. I think me and Chaz are in agreement. I think Penn State needs a convincing win. For yeah. them to get into the college. Bye. Chaz, if they win in Ohio State and beat the best team in college football, they will get in as the number four team because they would have the Big Ten championship. Convincing. It doesn't, it doesn't have to I'm be convincing. You, they like. Listen, they like, you know why they don't have to be convincing? Because the spread is 19 and a half points. That's how much respect Penn State has. If they go in and. Do they deserve the respect, though? Why not? Every game in the last three years has been by, was They're a not, total they, of five points they've lost. How about Oregon? I mean, Alabama, Georgia. I think those are the three teams it comes down to at the end at the end of the day. So Penn State's one loss would be to Minnesota. Auburn's one loss would be to... Penn State's not beating I mean, Ohio State. Oregon's Penn State's it's not beating Ohio State. I'm saying if, if Penn State, and I'm kind of in agreement here with Ted, if Penn State beats Ohio State and wins the Big Ten, the committee basically puts a lot of credence on, on conference championships. I think Ohio State has it locked up. LSU and Clemson do. If Penn State beats Ohio State and wins the Big Ten, I think that they have a very compelling case to be the fourth team. And I, so, and the, I, so you're telling me two Big Ten teams. So, would get you're, in. so you're telling me that Penn State would jump over the Pac-12? Yes. Yeah. Penn State would have more, more. It would have better wins. Their resume would be better. They'd have the biggest win on the thing over the number one team because Ohio State is the best team in college okay. football right now, the most complete team. They would have went into the number one team in the horseshoe, which no one ever wins. They would have beaten that team with Justin Fields and Chase Young. Okay, that's fine. You and then no, you would and then no. they would have the Big Ten championship. I just wanted to hear your argument. No, that's fine. I. Uh, you really I, don't I, think Penn State would be able to jump in over Oregon? I'm thinking Penn State, Penn State probably jumps Oregon this week if they beat Ohio well, State. Well, and, Tre and, and Trevor, you got to look at the Big Ten. You what are they current right now? The are they twenty-five? Are they currently eight? Eighth. Eighth. Okay. And they would beat the number two team in the country. And then, like Ted said, if you get Minnesota or Wisconsin in the, in the Big Ten, you would beat the 12th and the 10th best team in the country. Okay. I figured I'd just ask. No worries. And you would have already beaten Michigan, too, which Michigan right now is highly ranked, How too. confident are you that the top three seeds get in without, without any craziness in the next two weeks? 
Ohio They're State still's got to play Penn State and Michigan at the big house. Clemson doesn't have to play anybody. They got to just play their cha- conference championship. And then LSU has to play A and M, and then they have to play Georgia. So what are they? How high? How confident are you that those three teams make it in? LSU needs to win out. They can lose in the SEC championship. They get in. Ohio State needs to win one out of two down the stretch. And Clemson, ugh, Clemson has to win out. Which we all expect them to because they're hot okay. right now. The, that's, I, I mean, the only thing with Clemson is, is they just don't have a strong resume. They have to go undefeated. But who's beating Clemson right now, guys? <laughs> they're, cl- yeah, they're, they're, cl- they're clicking on all of a sudden. They're starting to get hot. And Ted even said it. If you're that two seed, boy, oh, boy, you, don't want, you don't want to be playing that Clemson team. You no, do, and that's why Ohio want... State and LSU need to they, – they are both trying to be that number one. You I do th- not I, want to I play think, Clemson. I think personally, to me, I think if Ohio State and LSU run, run the table, I think Ohio State is going to be the number one team going to college football playoff. Because then you'll be, you beat Penn State. If you dominate Penn State, you dominate Michigan, and you dominate Minnesota or Wisconsin – that's three top 25 wins. Bam. They still got to play Texas A&M, and then they play Georgia. They're the only college football team that's beating every team by 20 points. 24 points to be exact. If, they, if both teams run the table, knowing the schedules, who will be the number one team? Will it be Ohio State or will it be LSU? I think it'll be Ohio State. I think it's going to be Ohio State. I think Ohio State just because of the, they've been the most, schedule. And they've been the most dominant and most complete team on all sides. So let me get into the games quickly with you, and we're going to go. We're going to do all of our predictions at the same time right now. Not a lot of great games this week. It's kind of a slow week, but there's some big games. There's a big game in the Pac-12. I know you love the Pac-12 so much. So you're doing that game first? Yeah, we're going to do the Pac-12 game. We're going to do Oregon going against the Sun Devils. Jace, Arizona, Jace will love that. Jace Arizona love State. That. The Can Arizona State pull off the upset and knock out Oregon from the college football playoff talk? Or does Oregon continue their hot streak? Guys, rumor was Mario Cristobal was saying his Hail Marys early this weekend, <laughs> praying that the Ducks don't melt in the Arizona desert. Every year, Oregon seems to be like rolling, like the Germans through the Ardennes, but has a clunker on the road to stall their momentum. Yep. They lost their final three regular season games last year away from the Utsden Zoo. However, the Sun Devils defense has gone the way of the Dodo Bird during their recent swoon, and Jaden Daniels would have to do something incredible for them to upset the Ducks. The Oregon defense, however, is too active, too stout against the run. Quack, quack goes the duck. Mario Cristobal squad took their Pepto-Bismol, and they will avoid their November hiccup. Oh, man. So what is this? What is that spread? 14. 14 points. Oregon with the 14. Wow. I actually, I, I agree with you. I think Oregon's going to continue the hot streak. I think they're on a, a collision course with Utah to meet in the Pac-12 championship, and, in a, and it's going to be an exciting Pac-12 championship. It's going to be one of the best Pac-12 games we've had because we haven't had good Pac-12. Well, they haven't had the Pac-12 championship for – they only just have the winner. They haven't had it for a long time. Well, it's been no, a couple but, years. No, but I'm it's saying the last couple years. years have been – you know, like one team was like 6-4. This is – I mean, they're both on a collision course. I think Oregon past – you've seen in the past they've had – slip-ups and games that they've knocked them out of themselves of the contention of a championship. I just think they're clicking right now. I think Justin Herbert, we talk about Trevor Lawrence. I think Justin Herbert is starting to get his groove going. And I think that's going to be the difference maker. Justin Herbert's going to be the best player on that field for both teams. And I think this Oregon team is starting to click offensively. Their defense has been a little suspect at times recently, but I like Oregon going in and beating Herm. 
Oh yeah, Herm I, I, Edwards. Listen, I, I don't see no upset happening there. I think Oregon and, like I said, Utah are in a collision course for the Pac-12. Oh, listen, I'm going to make this really simple. This is going to be a really easy win for Oregon. Okay, easy. Might, yes, they're going to win by 30 points because they understand this game has major implications. One because of Herbert. He could put himself back in a Heisman candidacy with a huge game. Another thing, it's going to be a nationally televised game 730. at 7.30 on ABC. Prime That's time, going baby. to give Alabama, Oregon, their fans, and the respect of the Pac-12, an audience for them to be able to be seen and the committee to see them instead of a 10 o'clock night game when half the East Coast is sleeping or at the bar drunk. Okay? <laughs> So this is an they understand the impact of this game. Oregon is going to roll. They're going to win big. Okay. J, Arizona State's going to have no chance. I so think we're all on the Ducks. 42-24. Wow, we're all on the Ducks. Okay, let's get into your team again. I, we've had, I feel like we have Michigan every week. I think we do it just for Chaz. But you know what Michigan has to do. You know they know what next week is. They cannot look past. This Indiana team. Indiana, 7-3. and three, Almost beat Penn State in Penn State last week. Does Michigan have a slip-up going into Ohio State? I know. Are they looking past Indiana right now? Or should the Hoosiers, I mean, can they pull off the upset? I mean, they're 7-3 and three for a reason. What do you got, Chaz? Guys, Michigan stomped out Sparty, and the D'Antonio era in East Lansing might be over. The Hoosiers played admirably in Happy Valley. But for the last 14 quarters after halftime against Penn State, the Wolverines have been dominant on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Their defense is surrendering less than three yards per rush, and Indiana has struggled to run the ball against any Big Ten opponent other than Rutgers. Shea Patterson has his best game last week, competing 73% of his passes for 384 yards and four touchdowns. This isn't a look-ahead game. Harbaugh will have the Wolverines laser-focused this Saturday. I'm swallowing the nine here and rolling with my favorite college football coach. So wow. I'm going to back Chaz up with some stats. Let me tell you a little something, Chaz. Wow, since, okay. the, since the loss at Penn State, October 26th, this is where the Wolverines rank in their three-game win streak in the Big 12. I'm in Big 10, excuse me. Points per game, 42 points a game. That's second. Opponents, points per game, 10, which is number was number one in the Big 10. Points differential, 32 points of differential per game. Yards per game, they're on offense compared to what they're giving up, plus 200. They only have one turnover in the last three games, and 14, and they had 14 through the first 10. This team has totally turned around since that Penn State game, especially in that second half when they came back. Penn State, Michigan is going to roll. Gonna, they're looking forward for the huge upset next week against Ohio State at the Big House. They can't overlook Indiana, though. No, this they're 7-3. Indiana, Indiana's listen, a tricky team. This Indiana team can score. They have they're a great tricky. offense. Yeah. They can pass the ball. They can run the ball. They gave Penn State fits all all um, all game last week. At I, But I just think Michigan, just like Penn State, has enough offensively, defensively, and coaching style. Are you going to pick Penn State to beat Ohio State? Is that what you're trying to hint to me? I, this is very simple. They can't look past Indiana. Indiana's a, a good team. They're 7-3. They're going to go to a bowl game. But Michigan, kind of like Oregon, kind of like Oregon, they're starting to click offensively and defense. That defense is starting to get hungry. And like I said, it's going to shape up for a great Shea Patterson match. had his best game as a Wolverine last yeah. week. Had a huge game. But I, will, I want to tell Chaz this stat. Chaz, this is a funny stat because I know you took the Wolverines with the points. In the last three years, Ohio State and Michigan – the week before these two teams match up in their big game, they ha both teams have not covered the spread. 
I think it's more than three years, but it was on Colin Coward yesterday. Let's change your mind. Ohio are you still, State are you still and going Michigan have not still covered going? the spread the week before their are matchups you, against each other. Are you still going with the years. nine? Are you still going with the nine then? Are you going to stay confident with that, Chaz? Of course. <laughs> I am too because you know what? Streaks are meant to be broken. I, I mean, Michigan and Oregon, both teams, they're clicking at the right time right now. So I'm sticking with Big 27, Blue. 27-17 Michigan I'm wins. sticking with Big Blue. Their defense is too talented. They're, they're going to get after Indiana. Cover and it's going to set up for a great matchup next week. So, but let's get into the main event. You know what this weekend's about for Big Ten and for me, of course, because I am an Ohio State fan. Penn State, Ohio State. Past two matchups have been decided by two points. Last Penn three State, matchups have been the, by a total of five the points. The Penn State past two games have choked. Have choked two touchdown leads late in the game. Do I hear three? Or does Penn State find a way to beat possibly the best team in college football? Or does Ohio State continue to roll? Guys, I'm going to leave you with my thoughts, and I will listen to your breakdown after I hang up. But Happy Valley probably wasn't happy with the Nittany Lions performance against the Hoosiers. This isn't basketball. Can't be thrilled about sneaking by a team whose last conference title occurred in 1968. They aren't going to be happy this weekend either. Penn State's defense is elite. However, their offense has been exposed over the past few weeks. Sean Clifford only completed 48% of his passes against Indiana a week after throwing three picks in the loss to Minnesota. He's had his moments against Maryland and Michigan State, but he's not ready for the nation's best pass defense. Oh, and speaking of secondaries, Penn State has been very vulnerable all season through the air. Pittsburgh and Iowa both had success in the passing game, and Shea Patterson and Tanner Morgan both went off against them. It's going to get sloppy in Columbus <laughs> on Saturday. Buckeyes will roll and set up for a huge so matchup. You, so you got Ohio State you with they the cover 19? The, they cover the 19? Laying the 18 and a half. It yes, went down 18 and a half. Some oh have it well. Okay. I, there's no way that's God bless. Good luck. And may all your picks be winners. Hey, Chaz, oh, Chaz you're picking the Yale Bulldogs this week, right? Oh, guys. New Haven is superior to Boston in every aspect, especially <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Thank you, big old Kinesh. I appreciate it, buddy. I'll so hopefully I get to see you this weekend. Is he gone? He yeah, left. Yeah, I got him. Okay, he's gone. Thank you, as always, big old Kinesh, for joining us. So to close out this game, Ted, you were trying to tell me, oh, Penn State, they, they got a chance. No, they don't. Chad's just broke it down perfectly. Their offense is vulnerable. They're going into the shoe. They're going into the big O. They're going against the best team in college football, the most dominant player in college football. Oh, he's back, by the way, too, as well. And JT Barrett, this team is by far, everybody says, oh, Ohio State's had slip-ups. This is a different Ohio State team. They, their agenda is different. And they're playing Penn State again. And we've seen Penn State have opportunities to dethrone the kings of the Big Ten. Haven't been able to. They've squandered two big leads in the two previous matchups. Well, there's not going to be even a chance of them squandering lead because they're never going to have a chance in this game. I'm sorry. Sean Clifford doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I'm, you're going against the best defense right now, the number one ranked defense and the number one ranked offense. Have fun trying to slow down this team. This is a well-oiled machine, and they're going to go right through 
Penn State. And, they and get ready. And Ohio State hasn't played a defense like this either. It does not matter. They're going to tear them up, baby. You have fun stopping J.K. Penn Dobbins State against the world. That's how they, that's, listen. Go ahead. Pick Penn State. Go ahead. That's how, that's how James Franklin's going to go into the game. That's how you got to look at it from a Penn State And that's simple. another thing. James Franklin can't win in big games. He fails. He's not a good coach in big games. Sorry. We'll find out. The biggest are you saying? Are you telling the, the, me Penn the State? biggest key for Penn State? Well, is there a superstar are you wide Penn receiver State? KJ Hamler? If he, he's a game time decision, he left last week's game in the first quarter against Indiana with a concussion. Oh, more of a reason. If, to he, pick if he's not playing, I give Penn State no chance. How if much of a chance do you give them to win the game or to cover? I don't care about. I want to for covering. I want, I, Ted, listen. Ohio I, State's going to win the football game, but I I, I, I asked simple. But what's I, the chances of them winning? Not what's the chances of them covering. I said, what's the chance of them winning the game tomorrow? 25%. Not even close. I don't even give them a 10 But Penn State chance. will cover the spread. Chase Young's coming back. He's going to be angry. And boy, oh boy, Penn State, good luck. Because you got a guy that hasn't been able to play the past two weeks. And he's ready to go. And this team is clicking right now. This team's on a mission. This team is on a mission to get to the college football playoff. Because the past couple of years, the Ohio State Buckeyes have been left off. And the Big Ten as a whole has been left off. Of the college football playoff. They're on a mission to get to the college football playoff. They're on a mission for Michigan next week. And they're on a mission to get to you the Big just, Ten You just hope that the guys from Ohio State don't overlook. Oh, this team is... This is a top 10 team. If you're looking past the top 10 team, you shouldn't be playing this game. God, for any player. kids and they're still stupid. They're, this is a top I 10 I team. Don't. This is number eight for a reason. It's kind of upsetting that Penn State had lost to Minnesota because this game would be even bigger. The only thing that scares me, this game couldn't remind me of the Michigan State game a couple years ago when Michigan State came into Ohio kicked State, the field goal. kicked the game winning field goal. They had Zeke. They had Cardell Jones. They were going in. They looked like they're going to maybe repeat as champions. And then a Connor Cook-led team beats those Buckeyes. Only thing that scares me... But I'm confident in this Buckeye team. And this Penn, is a different. This and is Penn a, State knows it's a must win. This is a different Buckeye team. Ryan Day is going to have these boys ready to go and get set up for next week's massive showdown in the big house. So I got Ohio State. I have Michigan. And I have Oregon as well. So I think we're all on the same board. We all picked the same guys. Me, you, and Chaz picked all same three. Just, just yeah, throw oh, that out. Just throw that out. No, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy these games because I know I will. My Buckeyes, I can't wait. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. I'm extremely excited. The Pac-12 gets to display their talents. And then Michigan. You can only hope that Michigan wins setting up that massive game. Could be a top-10 matchup next week. That'd be awesome. In the big house. Can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great – or not great. Enjoy these games as well. I know there are college football fans. doesn't seem like there's a lot. Everybody loves the NFL. I guess our guy, Jace, enjoy the Pac-12. They're on display. I know it's not Utah, but they're on display. So enjoy these games. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our last break. When we come back, we're talking some NBA. We're going to be talking about Luka or Giannis. Who would you rather have? I know there's great players out there, but who would you rather have? And are the Celtics a legitimate title contender? We'll talk about that all on Keys to the City. We'll be right back, folks. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clover Chris Media presents Keys to the City. If you haven't got a chance to check out our show, you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube as well. And go like our Facebook page as well, Keys to the City, Instagram, Twitter. 
Let's close out with this. Luka Doncic or Giannis? There are great players in this NBA. There are some great young players in this game. And the direction and the future of the NBA looks bright. And it could be because of these two players. Think about this. Overseas players dominating right now. Luka and Giannis, both from overseas, dominating. One, both European players won the MVP and the Rookie of the Year last year. Think about that. Both guys. And the reason I picked these two, because these are guys, two guys under the age of 25. Now, there's great. LeBron, yeah, we know. Durant, all these guys. Kawhi. Harden. But Harden, I I, I wouldn't put Harden personally because of past. Historically, he's great. I know what he's great offensively. I know. He's the best offensive player in the game. I know that. But when I put these two down, the reason I said these two is because they're under 25. Now, there's great players under 25. Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Porzingis. I don't put Towns in there. so, do, but these two are the main guys. These are the two guys right there, and maybe going the direction and leading the future of the NBA. So the question is simple, Ted. If you're building a franchise right now, you have the number one pick, and I'm not exclude everybody else, LeBron and all these yeah, yeah, players. Yeah, I know, I know. Who are you taking? Are you taking the point guard Luka Doncic? Are you taking the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo? It's a pretty simple question. It's simple, but it has... It is difficult. It's, it's an elaborate answer because I got to figure out what type of team I am. What type of coach am I? Am I a team that's scoring first, defense a second? Or am I defensive first, scoring second? And that makes a big difference because I think right now Giannis is the, is the best complete player. He can do... He can, he, Can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, not, not yet. Shooting, but he could... Okay. Not yet. He's averaging 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists right now. He just had another triple-double last night. He had, what, 24, 19, and like 13. He's With crazy. that being said, he could do things on the defensive end that Doncic can't. But then I can come back at you myself and go, well, Ted, Luka Doncic also does things offensively that we haven't seen in such a long time, since maybe LeBron James. And he's, a, and he's so gifted, great passer, unbelievable shooter. He's 20 years old. He's already averaging almost 30 points a game, 29 points a game, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. He's almost averaging a triple-double in his second full season. So You watch you, how he plays. So who do you got? One season or for the future? Well, is it for, I said is for, it, for your franchise, next 10 to 12 years. Because Doncic is younger, I'll take him because Giannis already has seven years in. And I believe... Oh, he's seven. Oh, well, he started 18. Yes, he started 18. He already has seven years because I looked this up. Doncic, I would take Doncic. I... He reminds me of a European Dirk slash LeBron. No, he's like he a European sh- LeBron. Just because of everything. But he, but, he doesn't, of, but he doesn't have the athletic ability. Who cares? When he's getting to the basket, he's facilitating. He's, he's taking over. So is that who you're taking to? Oh, yeah. I'm taking Luka. I, I love what this kid has done. I mean, boy, oh, boy, I bet teams like the Suns and Kings wishing where they were kicking themselves in the you-know-what if they had this guy right now because, boy, oh, boy, this guy is a superstar and the Dallas Mavericks should never let this man go. How about this? Now one? we've said, hold on. Oh, I was going to give we, you some stuff to back I, up not the yet. All right. Not yet. Now we know about the trade, Luca and Trey Young. It's worked out both for, for, but better for both teams. I mean, Trey's been amazing for Atlanta. Yeah, oh yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's been amazing. But Doncic is a superstar. This guy is a generational talent. You're seeing this. He literally is the European model of LeBron James. I mean,. The way he can shoot. He's not a great shooter, but what he can do when he's not that great of a shooter. I mean, three-point shooting. He, it's not one of his strengths. His strength is getting to the basket, finding his teammates, and that's what he's doing. Oh, he could shoot. He could shoot. Yeah, he but could LeBron shoot. Could, I watched him the other LeBron night. Could, he could LeBron shoot. could still shoot. I know he didn't. LeBron have, couldn't shoot. He wasn't great, but he could still do it. 
Yeah, so here, here's, here's the problem. LeBron was athletic enough, Trev. Come on, let's put. Oh, I, of course. He was. It was like Michael Jordan athletic. LeBron is right still. Doncic doesn't have that. He yeah, is, LeBron is still he athletic, is, more he athletic than. He has the gifts Mo- of LeBron, but he has the Dirk ability. Because when you remember Dirk, when he was great, he was couldn't jump really high. It was a little kind of off-centered, kind of a little goofy, but he just put buckets and buckets in. That's how Doncic is. He's not. Great athletically, he doesn't jump really high. No, he's like he's, he's not like, super fast, but he's six seven. You know what he's he like? Had, he's also like a Magic Johnson. Sense of his passing, he's well, six seven two so thirty. Far, and he's so far ahead of the game. He's twenty years old. He's been playing against professional guys since he was sixteen years old in Europe. Listen, Doncic is having thirty one and and so he's nine points per game in November. He's just the fifth player in NBA history to average a thirty triple point double over a ten game span. Porzingis hasn't even really played that well for Dallas. He's been carrying them so far. Ted, he was the youngest guy to have a 40-point triple-double since LeBron James. He's fourth in scoring, 11th in rebound, and second in assists. He's he's also, he he's also, has taken over the league. He also has 15 triple-doubles in his 86 games. 86-game career, or 87. He's got... 15 triple doubles. So just take that into consideration as well. I mean, you can't go wrong with either player, but the way, I mean, it's like perfect. It's a typical Dallas player, a Dirk, a Steve Nash. It's like perfect. This is what Dallas loves. They love the overseas players and, and turns into superstars. And this is what this kid is going to be. The better He's player going, right now is Giannis. Giannis is the better. He's the reigning defending MVP. It He's, looks like he, all his numbers looks like he can win the MVP again. I mean, it's just, it's a toss-up. You look at the styles of play. Giannis, if he can, and I've, I've said this, if Giannis ever develops a jump shot, the league's over. Forget about it. Just, just good luck because you're not stopping Giannis. If he ever gets a jump shot, boy, oh, boy, look out because he's complete. He does everything so sound and perfectly that if he can ever improve on his jump shot him and his and free Simmons. and his free throw game. My God, we're, him and, ta- we're, him, ta- him and ben we're talking about, if they could shoot, they would we're be We're talking about a talent that maybe we've never seen because of his defensive ability, his length, and the overall just his play on the court. I mean, he's so different. Well, that's the thing. Why, like, even Where Ben Luka, Simmons. This game, listen, at the end of the day, I, if I'm going to tie ball game, I put the ball in Doncic's hands, he makes the, he makes the shot. Remember that I said you um, you were coming home on a Friday night with Nina? and, uh, and I remember, I guess, maybe. And it was the Lakers versus Oh, I Doncic watched it. I was watching it. Yeah, we were watching it. Yeah, I was watching it. Unbelievable back and forth, Tim yeah. and LeBron. Here's the thing. I'm not putting the ball at the end of the game in Giannis's hands. I think you, we have, so- to. I think you have to. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. What he's going to do is what he did last night. They're going to double team, and he's going to facilitate. I, I want the ball in my best player's hands. People have knocked LeBron James for years for passing up the ball for the better shot. Remember? Oh, he's not man enough. He wasn't good enough. He can't be like Kobe. He can't be like Jordan. Didn't take the shot. But LeBron always made the best play for his team. Giannis can't make a shot. And we saw last year. Maybe Kawhi is the only guy that can guard him. But if you can double team him and make – he can't shoot. So you just crowd the plate and make him take a jump shot. Luke, and, I, I, you can't. You're and right. The, you're, and this is about the playoffs. This is not the regular season. We know they don't play defense in the regular season. It comes to the playoffs. I'm just saying that you can't go wrong with either one of these guys. Oh, no, absolutely if not. If you wanted to build your franchise, and Ted, you said it best too. It depends on what type of system you want to run, what type of coach you are. If you want Giannis, you can't go wrong with that. But if you take Luca, boy, oh boy, you're getting it. These are two generational talents. 
and to see what he's doing right the now. The three best players in the in basketball right now are those two young guys and LeBron James right now. To see him, it's not even and, close. And Harden, Harden scoring. I mean, but, with score. I mean, you said it last night. Well, he's got. Yeah, he's, he might average to forty points this, a game this to year. To see this kid right now at the age of twenty, to be doing the things that he's doing right now, and learning the game so fast. Is one of the probably the most fascinating things. It's even scarier that he's learning it at such a young age. Usually these yeah, guys but he's been usually, playing professionally since but, sixteen. Okay, but there's been guys that come overseas that never make it in the NBA. We've seen it. I say it every year. Yeah, but he listen. This guy was was the, supposed to be the number one guy in that draft. Remember crash, Ricky remember? Rubio too? No, no, I'm not. He's Ricky Rubio couldn't hold this guy's job. I'm not saying that, but when he got drafted, people yeah, were saying but this. This kid, guy, when we were talking about the NBA draft, this guy from day one was the number one pick. Should have been the number one pick. And then all of a sudden, we decided to go with the center. DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley. For 25 and Marvin Bagley. And Marvin Bagley, I don't even think he starts on his team. No, he's injury prone. That's why I said at the beginning, the Kings and the Suns are kicking themselves in the you-know-what because of the factor. Can you imagine Doncic and and, uh, Devin Booker. Booker. And the rest of the players. And the Suns have actually played really hard this year and played really well. But like like I said... And the Kings, Do- my God. I Do- mean, they have De'Aaron Fox, but you think about that bar- backcourt with De'Aaron Fox and Doncic. Yeah. The possibilities could be endless with that team. We both agreed with Doncic. But you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I think right now I would take Giannis right now today. Right, for this one season, I'll take Giannis. But, I, you know, if you really ask me who I would take for one season this year, I'd take LeBron James. Okay, yeah. Because I think he's on a mission. Yeah, obviously. But I, I, would, I would take him or Kawhi. I trust Kawhi. I trust LeBron. I know. I trust LeBron. I don't like LeBron, but I trust LeBron. I know what he does. I trust guys like Kawhi. Let me close out with this for our NBA and our show. The Boston Celtics. If they played last night, they played the other night against the LA Clippers. One of the best teams, if not the favorites, to maybe win. Well, they're not the best team right now, but they are the favorites. Maybe the favorites. favorites. Well, no, they're not. Remember we saw last Either night? Either the Lakers or them. The BPI last night, remember? Who was the... Based care. on the number, oh, yeah, the Bucks, the yeah, Bucks were right. a 47% chance team to get to the finals, followed by the Lakers, and then followed by the Clippers. So I saw this. I saw. I got to see the end of this game because I was. I got to see the game, the end of the game, and I was working. But the biggest takeaway for me that I saw is this team is a legitimate title contender. They weren't talking about that. They were talking more about the Clippers, and I was kind of surprised because we know what the Clippers are coming into this year. We didn't know what type of Celtics team we were going to get. They lose Kyrie. They bring in Kemba. You look at what they're doing right now. They're 11-3 and three in, the, in the Eastern Conference. They're at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. I was thoroughly impressed with what the Celtics can do. And they were missing Gordon Hayward, too. They missed Gordon Hayward, and they were on the road. Yes, they probably could They should have won that game. They blew the game. But still... Coming into this year, the Eastern Conference specifically, we talked about, I said two teams. I said the Bucks, and I said the Sixers. So did I. Do, I, we, I, add, I do we add in? I mean, maybe the Raptors, don't know, no. but do we add in the Boston Celtics because of their balance? I got even a better question. They are a better team now than they were last year. And that's They're what I was going to ask. team because Kimball Walker. That's what I was going to ask you. Kimball Walker is a team player. He left a team where he was a superstar and he could have stayed for the money and he decided to go to a team to be the to be the team player and and the coach is allowed to coach his players up where Kyrie it's hard to coach superstars in this league. It's really hard. 
it's hard to tell LeBron James what to do. It's hard to tell. Kimba Walker is not that guy. I know he's not a superstar, and people are like, oh, LeBron and Kimba are different. I know. Common sense. Duh. Okay? <laughs> but they are a better complete team. Now, for them to be a realistic though, title contender, you said it the other night, and I believe it's true. They need a big guy. They need someone like, an Andre, like an Andre Drummond or a Kevin Love. Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, a Hassan Whiteside from the Blazers, especially if the Blazers fall apart, they got to get rid of Whiteside. They need an inside presence. Yes. So when guys like Giannis is coming down the lane, they have someone to defend him and block the shot. Okay. I agree with you in the sense that they have all the other pieces. They have defense. They have perimeter. Marcus Smart. Good. They have great coaching. They just don't have an inside presence. They don't have someone that I can put in the post and say, give me 10 and 12 or 12 and 12. Listen, look at the Lakers. Dwight Howard has worked for the LA Lakers this year. He has worked. He gives them like 12 and 12 a game or 12 and 10, but that he gives them what they need. Give me 20 to 25 solid minutes. He gives rebounding, he gives defense, and he gives a couple free alley-oops with the high pick and roll. That's what the Celtics need. Taco Fall isn't going to be that guy. I would love to see it, but that's not a realistic thing. I will. I'm going to agree with you. I, I I think coming into this year, you never thought. That I didn't you, give the Celtics the respect. You they never deserved. thought the Celtics were going. I mean, you thought they would have been a top four or five seed, but not a title contender. And you definitely would have probably not said, "Oh, they're better with without Kyrie." Blazers. Out. I, th- I mean, where the where the Brooklyn Nets at? I think the, I, I agree with them. The Boston Celtics are a better team. Than they were last year. And the reason I say this is not because of the balance. It's because you don't have to deal with a guy like a Kyrie in the sense of he's a hothead. He's a hothead. Kyrie, you don't know what he's he's thinking every day. One game he's like, "I, I love this place. The next day he can be like, I can't wait until free agency so I could get the hell out of here. Whereas this year, you don't have that. You don't have the hostility. You don't have the... Animosity, like a, a Terry, like Terry Rozier and Kyrie Irving. There was so much hostility in that locker room. Where this year, you sign Marcus Smart, you bring in Kemba. Kemba, we know, is a well-respected player. He's one of the best players in the league as well. He's a top twenty-five player. He does the right things. He just wants to play. Kyrie's back. the he, better player. Yes, but but he when just we're talking about team. And he just wants to play games. basketball. He wants to just go play. And have fun. Kyrie, it's all about something. He wants to play, but there's always something else on the back of his mind. Is the world flat? He's thinking is, I don't know, whatever goes through his mind. I love Kyrie. Is north, south, but south, you look north, at, west, you east. Look at, you look at J- Jason Tatum. You look at Marcus Smart, Gordon Jim Hayward, Jalen Brown. It's the same team. But the difference is they have a guy. They don't have a leader that is a selfish leader. You can't be successful with a selfish leader other than if you're not named LeBron James. No, he's not I mean, selfish because I mean, he's, LeBron he's, was able to. He's had a selfish way. He's had yeah, his but selfish LeBron knew how to be the big brother and control Kyrie when they were together. Because yeah. even Kyrie admitted it last year. That's why he apologized to LeBron. And you he saw didn't what understand he, what it was like to be a leader, a true leader. And that's why, like Kemba, we know Kyrie is not a better player. We know Kyrie is a better player. We know that. That's that's obvious. Duh. But you don't have to deal with. The hostility anymore. You could just go out and play your game. And I was just thoroughly impressed. I know they lost. I know they blew a 10-point lead. But I was thoroughly impressed with the way they played throughout the game. 
And it gives me reason. If you're a Celtic fan, it gives me hope. It gives me reason to believe that this team can make a run into the Eastern Conference and maybe even make an NBA title because they have the balance. They have the coaching. And most importantly, they don't have the selfishness anymore. Oh, they got rid of the selfishness. And that's what it takes to be successful in sports. You have to get rid of the cancers. You have to get rid of the selfishness. And that's what they did. Terry Rozier, a selfish player. Kyrie Irving is a selfish, great player. Kemba Walker is a great player, not selfish. Jason Tatum is a great player, not selfish. These guys are good players. They're not and selfish. Jason Tatum is starting to look like the guy we yes. saw in the first year than what we Has saw last Kyrie year. Ta- did Kyrie affect his growth? Exactly. Yes. And the only reason why I say they need to make a move for a big man because when I look at Giannis... Okay, I will get him as a big guy. Embiid. And then I will get Embiid in the Sixers. And we look at Al Horford. They're all big guys. And Ben Simmons doesn't like to shoot. He's a pass-first guy. Marcus Gasol, Siakam for Toronto. So you, you need I mean, a big guy. They, they're they probably a better complete team than the Sixers. But in a short game series where you, your only focus is that, mm. that team, the, uh. you want you want to have that matchup against Embiid. Enos Kanter can't be – he's got to be the guy you're coming off the bench. He's one of the worst defended center, defender centers in the league. As a defensive player. Maybe they player, should bring in Taco Fall. I'm just saying, the Celtics, if you're a Celtic fan, you have reason to, be, to have hope that this season could be better than it was last year. Last year was a disappointment. And Danny Age is this not year, afraid to make This moves. is the year that you were hoping for last year. Maybe this is the year the Celtics get to the finals. That's what I'm saying. This is the year maybe you were hoping that you were, that you were thinking because last w- year was going to happen. I watched a game the other night, and I watched the fourth quarter in the overtime, and I'm like... This is a great game. I told you. I texted. I, I said, "You checking out this game?" I, I well, and, and if, I got to see the end. Other than the Clippers Lakers game, it really felt like a playoff, you know, championship game. It felt great, and I was like, I could see the Celtics being here. They they had they were beating the Clippers. That's all. I'm they they to were say. beating the Clippers handily. Now the Clippers had the two superstars that had eventually taken over. Patrick Beverly hit some big shots. Lou Williams, I, but the Celtics as a fan. From the outside looking in, you have to have, have reason. There has promise. To, yes, there has to be a reason to have hope and think that this season. Guess what? At the beginning of the year, you're thinking, "Oh, maybe we'll just make the playoffs. We'll, we'll be competitive." But to think at this point, maybe there may be title contenders. As we will Bo- see. As a Boston Celtics fan, you got to be happy. And all comes down to the. It all comes down to having unselfish players, and that's the most important thing. That's what the Boston Celtics are doing. That's why they're in first place in the Eastern Conference, and that's why they're better than they were last year. Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. I hope everybody has a wonderful week, week, weekend. We'll be back Tuesday. We'll have our pre-Thanksgiving as well. We'll talk Thursday football on Thanksgiving on Tuesday. Yep. Okay? We'll do that. But everybody, like I said, have a great weekend. Thank you for commenting, liking our show, following us. We appreciate all the support, as always. Kanish, thank you for calling. Hope to see him. But we are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Everybody, have a wonderful weekend. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation So what you saying, what we saying, prime information Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements Streaming every Friday